This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. This week, Donald Trump gave a speech that really went after Hillary Clinton on a variety of issues. He needed to give a good speech. The last two weeks have not been good for him. He claimed a judge couldn't be impartial because his parents are Mexican. He missed an opportunity to come across as a statesman leader in the wake of the Orlando shootings. Polls show him trailing Hillary after she wrapped up her party's nomination and the Libertarians nominated Gary Johnson, the former GOP governor of New Mexico, to be their nominee. That has pulled away some fiscal conservatives from their traditional party to the Libertarians, and it could be enough to cost Trump the election. So he needed a good day. And he got one. Here's one of the early lines from the speech, and it gives you an idea of how focused he was and how precise his lines of attacks against Hillary can be. But we can't solve any of these problems by relying on the politicians who created the problems themselves. We'll never be able to fix a rigged system by counting on the same people who have rigged it in the first place. That's a good opener. It hits Hillary hard because she says her political insider status and her vast experience make her better prepared to be president. Trump says it makes her corrupt. He's taking something she wants to portray as a positive and he makes it a negative. That's good rhetoric. Here's the second effective attack. She's a world-class liar. Just look at her pathetic email server statements or her phony landing. Or her phony landing in Bosnia, where she said she was under attack, and the attack turned out to be young girls handing her flowers, a total and uh, look, this was, this was one of the buttes, a total and self-serving lie. Brian Williams' career was destroyed for saying less. Just remember that. Yeah, if he thinks that Ted Cruz is lying Ted, then Hillary's penchant for lying rises to the level of pure political fiction. Now he's hitting her, not in an area of her biggest strength, but in her biggest weakness, depending upon the poll. But somewhere between 60 to 80% of the country thinks she lied about her server and her email system. That includes a large number of Democrats. Her lie about landing in Bosnia under sniper fire has been well documented and no one even attempts to give her cover from the political snipers taking aim on that one. By the way, if you want to hear a unique insight into the Brian Williams lies, listen to my first podcast, which is called Williams v. Woodruff. I make a comparison in that one that no one else in the national media has even made even now more than a year later. I think you'll enjoy it. It's still one of my most listened to podcasts today. All right, self-promotion over, back to Trump. He then really went after Hillary for making personal money and money for her Clinton Foundation while working as Secretary of State. The long list of coincidences between companies and nations that gave money to the Clinton Global Initiative and then received benefits from the State Department is very, very long. While you may not be able to prove a quid pro quo or a tit for tat or a I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, it doesn't look good. 
at the very least, there's an appearance of impropriety, and Trump is right to use that as a weapon against her. Hillary Clinton gave China millions of jobs, and our best jobs, and effectively let China completely rebuild itself. In return, Hillary Clinton got rich. The book Clinton Cash by Peter Schweitzer documents how Bill and Hillary used the State Department to enrich their family and America's and at America's expense. She gets rich making you poor. Man, that's his best line. She gets rich making you poor. I don't know how Hillary can defend it. I think the best she can do is ignore it. And given that she never gives press conferences, maybe that's what she's going to do. She can't say she's not rich. She is. And she can't say she didn't get rich from a lot of money from overseas interests. She did. Those are facts. She can try and explain how the details of what Trump's saying aren't quite accurate in this particular case or in that exact instance. But as Reagan said, if you're explaining, you're losing. Her only defense to that line is to say that Trump got rich by going bankrupt and he'll bankrupt America too. So it's a counterattack. It's a, oh yeah, well, you stink as well. Which, by the way, Hillary's already started doing. Trump's speech was about 45 minutes long. He had numerous populist messages in there declaring his support for working Americans. He has made the case that Hillary's policies hurt minorities by allowing cheap labor to come into America and sending good jobs overseas. It's a one-two punch. That argument, which has flashbacks, by the way, to Ross Perot in 1992, can excite a large part of America, in particular the old Reagan Democrats, especially those in the Rust Belt. He's seeking out those disaffected and disenfranchised, those who are still willing to work hard for their families, but feel like the system is rigged against him. That's who he's trying to make as his base. He stayed on message. He highlighted Hillary's weaknesses and weakened her perceived strengths. It was exactly what Trump needed right now, and it's the same message that needs to be hit over and over and over and over again until November. If he does that, he actually stands a chance of winning. So what made Trump better in this speech than he's been the last several weeks? Why didn't this speech have the characteristic rambling and stream-of-consciousness ADHD delivery you'd expect from a Faulkner novel? One word. Teleprompter. For all the fun we make of Barack Obama of his reliance on a teleprompter, the truth is it not only makes Obama more eloquent, it also makes Trump almost eloquent. And as the speech went on, he seemed to get better and better at using it. At first, he would stare at the screens just off camera for too long, 20, 30 seconds or so. He would then quickly turn his head to the other prompter on the other side, and it was a bit stiff. It wasn't horrible, but nothing I would call polished or smooth. But as the speech went on, he took opportunities to briefly go off script, briefly being the key word there. And that's when you say things like, believe me. Or horrible, just horrible. See, those Trumpisms would still trickle out between the scripted lines. And as he did that, his reading of the words improved as well. So here's the real question I have going forward. 
Can Trump repeat this type of performance every day? Can he learn to stay on message and fight from a position of strength, or at least keep Hillary having to defend the indefensible? Or will he become too loose and bumble into insults and innuendo and create messes for himself that highlight his weaknesses rather than hers? I really think this election mostly hinges on this right here. Again, Reagan said, if you're explaining, you're losing. If Hillary has to explain why taking foreign contributions to a private foundation and then offering deals to those same groups from the State Department isn't bribery over and over and over again, she loses. If she has to explain why her lies aren't really lies, but just a vast right-wing conspiracy to force her to take polar opposite opinions from what she had eight years ago, then she loses. But if Trump has to spend time explaining why something that he said that sounded racist or xenophobic isn't actually racist or xenophobic, then he loses. And if Trump loses, Hillary wins. If Hillary wins, we all lose. And someone will have some explaining to do. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. I can see old glory flying over me In the first light